Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Those are the two things that God had just put in the forefront of my mind as we were worshiping and and uh, maybe there's some of us here this morning is is having a hard time to do those two things is to trust and to obey why why is that so hard to do trust and obey. We're continuing our, our series on being God's masterpiece. And that was the whole theme of our VBS, uh, Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time. <coughs> For us to do. And he has. We have to trust him. That that scripture holds truth. Do you believe that you are a masterpiece? Do you believe that God created you? Specifically for good work. There's a difference between works and good works. Good works is works for the kingdom. Works that's going to glorify his son, Jesus. See, anybody could do work. But God has created us for good works. And do you believe that he wants to use you for that? He wants to use you as a, as a vessel more than a container. See, the difference between a vessel and a container, a container is used to hold things in, like a container of water. But a vessel is used to whatever's inside to be poured out. And he wants us to be used as vessels for his good works. Well, we're going to continue in Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. And the title of this is, is, is it's about grace, not race. I heard Dr. Tony Evans say that one time that it's about grace and not race, talking about the skin uh, color. We live in a world that is so divided in so many different areas. So divided. One is by skin color. We are divided by skin color. We're divided by politics 
We're even divided by church. We're divided by social class. There's so much division that is going on in this world that even us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. See, one of the things that you're going to hear me start saying is followers of Jesus Christ. Because so many times people claim to be Christian. Everybody's a Christian. But are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are we doing what he has called us to do, and that is to do good works. And so, in a world or in a time that we live that is so much, there's so much division, it has been said that Sunday mornings is the most segregated time of the week. You think about it, it is. We're so split up right now. So many different churches are are worshiping Jesus. Why? Why is there so much division? Because it's not going to be like that in heaven, church. It's not going to be like that in heaven. And we talk about how we can experience heaven here on earth. See, we, we, we know that we are saved By grace, we're not saved by the works we're done, but we are saved by faith for good works. For us to do what he has called us to do. And I hope and I pray that that what you get out of this message is that Christ died for everyone. Christ died For everyone, not just for Americans, not just for Israel's or the Jews. or He died for everyone, and so the gospel is for everyone. Because when we are called home and when we are living a life that follows Jesus, and when God calls us home, there is no kind of segregation. There is no kind of... Separation, we're one. And how great, how great would that be when that day comes? Because I'm so fed up up to here with so much division. With so much division when you see on, I hate Facebook, because you see so many people trying to push their agenda onto people when are, as a believer, the only agenda we should have is the kingdom agenda. That is the kingdom agenda. And when we realize that, and when we start living that way, unity begins to happen. Oneness begins to happen within the body. How great is that? That is so amazing. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, that you love all of us. And that you call all of us to be part of the family. And so, Father, I pray that you would just guard my tongue. Because, Father God, you know my heart when it comes to this. 
you know what I have gone through and what I have experienced. And Father God, I just want all of us to learn to live life together as the way you intended it for us. And fellowship. And what brings us together is Jesus. Father, we love you. And we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, where do we go from here? Right? We, we, we know that we're going to be one. We know this place called heaven where we're going to worship and we're going, whoo, it's going to be great. Because you know why? Because I'm going to have such a beautiful voice in heaven. I want to sing even louder than what I sing now. The enemy likes to be like, Richard, you need, to, you need to quiet down a little bit. You don't even know the words. You don't even, you know, you're out of tune. You, you, you come in late, you know. And, but you know what? I'm, I'm praising King Jesus and I'm worshiping him. And, and I'm starting to learn, man, I'm just, it's just me and him. Audience of one. We're here to, to worship him. Yes, we're here to learn and to grow. But we're here to give him the honor and glory and what he has done in our lives this week's past and, and the weeks to come, what he's going to do. That's why I thank him for the things that he's done and the things that he's going to do because he's not done with us yet. Every single one of us, he still has good works for us that he has prepared ahead of time. And so it's praise him. And Paul, as As he's talking about that we are created, we are his masterpiece. He also is using the cross, he's using Christ to show us unity. That we are unified because of Christ. See, every single one of us here, that's one thing that we all have in common is that we're here for Jesus. We're here for Jesus. It doesn't matter where, what your background is or your circumstances or the color of your skin or how much money you have. We are all here under the lordship of Jesus because we love Jesus and we want to worship him. And he invites all of us, right? He doesn't say, oh, the, the rich people come up to the front and, and the, the poor people go in the back or, or the whites on this side and, and the colors this side and the Mexicans back there. No, he, he says, we're all coming together. We are all coming into the house of God and to worship him because of what he has done. Football, football starting up. And, and, and you're getting ready, and, and, and the teams are going to two-a-days, and they're working out, and they're getting ready. And, and I know that the kids love the new uniforms that they have and, and because they're just so awesome. There's just something about being part of a team that they all look alike. They all look sharp, right? But that's not unity. Unity is not us looking the same. Unity is, is a group of people who are working towards the same goal, and they're working towards that together, and that's unity. And as a body of believers, we are working for one goal, and that is to share the love of Christ, to share the gospel for the advancement of the kingdom everywhere we go. 
That is unity. Do we have that? I want to say yes. But sometimes we fall so short. We fall so short. One of the most well-known family feuds in America is is the 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 conflict between uh, two West Virginia families, the Hatfields and the McCoys, and it was it was told that it was it started off because of a pig. Because of a pig, somebody <laughs> stole a pig, and it ended up with over. Hundreds of years worth of just grief, turmoil, death. And just back in 2003, the families got together and they said enough is enough. And they actually signed in an official truth declaring the end of the family feud. And that's powerful. That's powerful. That over generations after generations of of curses, of hate, of hurt between these two families, they decided enough is enough. They were reconciled. The family was reconciled and they said enough is enough. Church, when are we going to say enough? Is enough. Man, let's sign a a declaration saying, you know what? We're going to follow Jesus together. We're going to worship Jesus. Yes, we're going to have differences. Yes. But we're going to agree to have those differences and it's going to be okay. I'm not speaking of one religion. I'm not saying, oh, I wish we could just have one religion. Oh, I wish we could just, everybody could just be a Baptist. No, or everybody could be a, a, a Methodist. No, it's not about the religion. It's about everybody having that one relationship. And that relationship is with Jesus. That is what matters. That is what matters is your relationship with Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 Paul says this after he talked about we are worksmanships created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works that he prepared. He says, therefore, he says, therefore, okay, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. The next one. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now, but now, I love those but nows, but now in who? Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of of Christ. Gentiles were not the favorite people, right? Of the Jews. Jews didn't like the Gentiles. But Paul was saying here, look, remember where you came from. 
Remember how segregated you were. Remember how you were treated. But no longer you are one. You're one of us. We are now believers in Christ because of the blood of Christ. And he goes on and he says in verse 14, For he himself is our peace. Christ Jesus is our peace. Has it been a while since you've experienced his peace? Get back. Get back into Christ. And he says, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him, we both, we all have access by one spirit to the Father. Verse 19, he goes on, Paul says, now, all right, now, now that we establish that Christ is for all of us, right, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being lifted to being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit see Paul is saying to those about those who are far and those who are near and how Jesus makes it possible for all of us to be near to God. All of us. It's through Christ that his blood that was shed because of the cross is the reason why he makes it possible for us to be able to be near to God together as believers. Just as the human body, we have all different parts, but we're all connected. We have a citizenship in heaven. All of us. There is no green card. There is no visa. All it is is Jesus. There's a blood card, a red card. And it's Jesus. That's the, what gets us in to heaven. All of us. Doesn't matter how big you are, how little you are, how nothing, how much money you make, the color of your skin, nothing, your political beliefs, nothing. So Republicans and Democrats, those that are watching, they're all going to be in heaven. If they have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are all going to be in heaven. I know, I know some of you are like, what? Yes, <laughs> yes. 
unity, oneness. See, because of the cross, we Christians, we know where we're headed. And because of the cross, we have the guaranteed citizenship that we have in Christ for heaven. See, that country now is who we belong to when we receive Christ. And see, Paul is reminding the Ephesians about the separation. He's reminding them about the Gentiles and the Jews. See, the Gentiles had no access. But he's saying because of Christ, they now have access and we are one. And it's because of his blood that brings us together. It's a wall that has been broken down. A wall that has been tore down. And it's because of Christ. But yet, but yet. We live in a world of so much division. How do we see people? How do we, as believers, separate ourselves from other believers? Because let's be honest. We all have that. We all have that where... Oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with these folks, but I feel more comfortable with these folks, so I'm going to separate myself and hang out with them. Have you done that lately? That was one of the things that God has, has, really, has really worked in our family's lives is that we, can, we, we need to stop judging people. We need to stop separating ourselves from people who are different than us or don't look like us or not on the same socioeconomical class or they were raised on this, this side of the tracks or that side of the tracks. We, God said we have to get rid of all of that. And it begins with our heart. When we, when we begin and we start with ourselves and really allow God to work in our hearts and we start being honest with ourselves, that's only when things can change. That's only thing, only when things start having a shifting that is being made is when we really are real with ourselves. That is what happens. And we can't be that way. You have to just be real. Because that's what he wants us. He wants us to be unified. He wants us to be together because the way we are living now as believers, I can imagine how that hurts God. I can imagine how God can be so upset with us because we are just so segregated. And he doesn't want us to be that way, church. He does not want us to be that way. And this is what Paul was saying. He says, I want you to be reminded that this, the blood is for everyone. I like that the reason that while we have these racial, ethnic, gender, and class divisions in the church is, is because we have not fully and properly understood 
the cross. And I want you to understand, church, I want you to really understand the cross and what it means and what he has done and what he went through. Christians divided along illegitimate lines don't see themselves. We don't see ourselves as part of a one new man. And we are. We have to break those barriers. I'm not saying that that those things don't exist. They do exist, church. But we have to know that there's something bigger. There's someone that is coming to just wants to reconcile. Bring us back together in John. If you could turn to your Bibles in John. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. This is what it's about. Jesus. I got the scriptures up on the board. Will you put that on in John? John 17, verse 6. Mm. Jesus is getting ready, and, and uh, he's getting ready to... To, to get uh, face what was he's about to face on the cross and he's going to be betrayed. He knows exactly what he's about to go through. And this right here is his prayer. This is one of the most powerful prayers. In John 17, verse 6, Jesus prays for his disciples and he says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me and they have received them. And you have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Jesus is praying for his disciples. Jesus is saying, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those whom you have given me for they are yours. And all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world and I come to you. Holy Father, I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name these whom you have given me. Why? Why? Why is he asking? Holy Father, keep through your name those who have given me that they may be one. So that we can be one. So that the disciples can be one as we are as Jesus is one with his father, his disciples, his prayer for the disciples is that, Lord, that they would be one. They would be one in me. 
Is our lives living like that? Does it look like that when we are so much in a, in a, in a world, especially here in our United States, we live in a place where it's so segregated and people don't know. We don't know what we're doing. We think we're right, but we're not because we are so far off from the truth. And it's time for us to get back and put all of our differences to the side and put Christ in the center of all and that we follow him as a body of believers and we worship. Go on to the next one. John verse going to 20. Now Jesus switches from prayer for the disciples, and now he's switching over to prayers for the believers. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. In John chapter 17, verse 20, he says this. Jesus says this. I do not pray for these alone. He's talking about the disciples. Not only do I pray for the disciples, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be what? One. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one. Just as we are one. And he says that I in them. And you in me. That they may be made perfect. In one. And that the world may know that you have sent me. And have loved them as you. Have loved me. Do you understand, church, what was Jesus's prayer for his people? It wasn't that that we would grow. It wasn't that we would be blessed with so much money. No, what his prayer was is that we would be one. It is time for us to lock arms and be one, be one for the kingdom, for the kingdom. If this is one of Jesus's powerful prayers for his people, how important is that for us? And if Jesus prays to the father for us to be one, what do you think the enemy's going to do? He's going to try to separate you. He's going to try to divide us. He's going to try to split our homes. He's going to try to split our church. He's going to try to split our community. And as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are going to take stand and say, enough is enough. Will you take that stand? Will you take that stand with us? Will we be leaders in our community? Says, man, I don't care what you look like. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care what kind of music you like. I don't care your, your, your political agenda. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care what side of the tracks that you come from. You come to church because we love you, because Jesus loves you, and because he loves us. And that's what it's about. Amen. We need that in our community. We need that in our lives. So I encourage us. You, me, let's start living as one.
We can. We will. And the enemy don't like it. He's going to start separating us. He's going to start putting things in your mind. He's going to start saying things. Oh, Richard preached too long. Don't go to that church. Richard preached. No. Oh, there. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. When me and Becky first started going to church, I don't want to go to that church. There's too many white people over there. We thought that. I thought that. I should just not we, me. We don't belong there. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And I praise God that I don't listen to the hell. I don't listen to the enemy. I'm I'm learning and we are continuing to work with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is allowing. He guides us and protects us. And that's what we don't have to worry about, church. It's not a we don't have to figure things out. We make things hard. And we don't have to let trust and obey. Trust. Life ain't going right. Trust and obey. Finances ain't going right. Trust and obey. Relationships not going right. Trust and obey. Right? Church ain't going right. Trust and obey. Really, it's simple. Praise God. And so... Yes, there's no other way. Trust and believe. We can. Woo, we can. And that's what's exciting, is that we can. But sometimes we have to be broken. Sometimes we have to surrender to the Holy Spirit and get on our knee and let go whatever God wants us to let go at the cross. And sometimes that is so hard for us to do. But we're seeing it. We're seeing the Holy Spirit move. So as we come together as an end, I'm going to ask Gary if you just continue to play. There's been shifting that has been being made every week. Every week. And I believe that that shifting started off when the men got back to where they needed to be and start putting God first. Start following Jesus. If you haven't noticed, I asked the leaders of the men the beginning of service to come up and pray for the service. If our church cannot see our men to get down on their knees in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, then how can we follow? We have to be leaders of, of examples and we have to be back in position the way God wants us to be. And I believe when that started happening, we started seeing things happen. We started seeing the Holy Spirit move. We started seeing people being more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and obeying, learning more to trust and obey. We're moving in the right direction. As a as a body of believers. But what about individually? Has God called you to move and you have not moved? There's some things in your life that he wants you to let go and you just have not able to let go. If that's you, come. Let today be the day 
Let today be the day that you have been released from that stronghold because you left it here at the altar and you're not going to get it back. If that's you, come. Don't wait. Don't wait till the music's over. Come. Maybe, maybe you just never had that opportunity to receive Christ. You know what? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. This man that you talk about who brings us together, who we follow together, we worship together, I don't have a relationship with him. Then you come now and say, you know what? I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Todd will be here and he could pray for you and over you to come to know Christ. Maybe you just need healing. Maybe you just need physical healing and and you just want prayer to pray for your body. I'm going to ask Becky to come up and she's going to lead you in that prayer. If you are, you needing physical healing, if you need a prayer for your body or your pain or your hurt, come. We're not going to allow this. Maybe you're not comfortable. Maybe you're not going to come into the front. We have Brother Greg back there. This We know what his family has gone through this week, church. His wife. This man had every reason to not go to church today, but he comes because he knows where the power is in Jesus. And the only one that can heal him and his wife, it's Jesus And I guarantee you, Marla's there watching, and I guarantee you she's worshiping. That's what we call faith. That's what we call trust and obey. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.